Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hey, everybody. This is Tom Salemi. Welcome back. This is the OIS Podcast. I'm talking today with Chris Calcaterra. Chris is the Chief Operating Officer of Glucose Corporation. Glucose has, uh, has made some news recently with the uh, FDA approval of its second generation eye stent, the uh, eye stent inject. We'll talk to Chris about that approval and about its uh, its five and five pipeline going forward. What what other uh, terrific products are coming out of Glucose in the near future? And uh, we're also going to talk a bit about the news that didn't come directly from Glucose, but uh, rather its competitor Alcon with the uh, recall of Cypass. So we talked to Chris just a bit about what that means for Glucose, what that means for the MIG space, and uh, what patients and physicians might hear from Glucose going forward. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. This is actually two conversations. Uh, we had our interview with Chris, and then a few days later, the Alcon News came out, and he was uh, kind enough to get back on the line and answer a few questions about that. So we'll put the uh, conversation about Alcon at the end of the initial interview that I had with Chris. Before I let you go, please do join us at OIS at AAO. It's happening on October 25th in Chicago. Please go to OIS.net to register. And of course, sign up to attend OISX, the celebratory dinner the night before. We're going to have a wonderful uh, offerings of awards and celebrations for innovators in ophthalmology. We're really grateful to all of you for your support. We hope to see you there both at OISX and OIS at AAO, which is our 10th OIS at AAO. Now let's get into this conversation with Chris Calcaterra, the Chief Operating Officer of Glucose. Well, Chris Calcaterra, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. It's uh, good to be here. Love to uh, have Glucose tell its story at OIS, and it's and it's great to have you now on the podcast. And you folks have been making some news lately. Uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, you recently uh, got approval for the iStent Inject, uh, which is a great addition to your pipeline. Tell our listeners a bit about the uh, iStent Inject, what its uh, what its purpose is. And, uh, and then we'll get into sort of what your commercial plans are for the device. Sure. iStent Inject is our second-generation uh, trabecular bypass system, our first, of course, being the iStent. Uh, it has uh, two uh, stents in a single device so that you're able to enter the eye once and perform injection therapy, uh, injecting two stents into the trabecular meshwork and into, through the trabecular meshwork and into Schlem's canal. Uh, therefore, creating two patent bypasses. And the clinical trial that uh, that you recently went through, do you have some, some details on that? How large was it? And uh, you actually got approval for this sooner than you had, uh, had projected, correct? That's correct, Tom. Uh, we submitted uh, the uh, PMA in December of 2017, and we were able to get approval in less than six months, uh, which is, uh, as you know, <laughs> Uh, quite quite quick. The FDA um, uh, trial design, uh, it was a uh, prospective randomized multi-center clinical trial that included 41 investigational sites. And I think we had 505 uh, mild to moderate POGIs uh, that were randomized to receive either iStent inject in combination with cataract surgery or cataract surgery alone. Well, that's, that's quite a trial. So what, uh, what were the results? What did, uh, what did they bear out? 
Well, the pivotal trial data showed uh, that iStat Inject achieved a statistically significant reduction in unmedicated diurnal IOP in patients undergoing cataract surgery at 24 months, as 75.8% of the iStat Inject cohort achieved 20% or greater reduction in unmedicated IOP. And the mean unmedicated IOP reduction was seven millimeters of mercury uh, for the iStent and JET cohort. In addition, um, meeting the study's primary and secondary efficacy endpoints at 24 months, observed data showed that the iStent and JET cohort achieved a 31% mean reduction, or 7.7 millimeters of mercury in unmedicated IOP uh, from an unmedicated mean baseline IOP of 24.8 millimeters of mercury to 17.1, uh, which is fantastic. That's great. So were the results the reason you, you think you got quicker than anticipated approval from the FDA? Did you have any sort of communication as to what you guys did right, or is it just the fact that you've been working, you kind of know what you're doing. You've been down the, you've been, you've, you've been at this rodeo before and you, and you sort of know what the FDA is looking for. For, with these submissions? I think uh, certainly the results uh, uh, helped to, uh, in terms of the expediency of getting this approval. Um, but it's also, I think, a tribute uh, to our organization uh, that we put together a very thorough uh, PMA submission um, and our clinical and regulatory organization just did a fantastic job of putting this together and putting it in front of the FDA. Mm-hmm. That's great. So what What's next for the uh, iSend Inject? What are your, your plans commercially? Do you use the same sales force? I imagine you do. Uh, and if so, are you, you adding members to that sales force? What are the plans? Well, now comes the fun part, and that's <laughs> uh, commercializing the product. And uh, we are not uh, anticipating adding anybody to the sales organization at this time. Uh, we have a very robust organization uh, that makes up about 90 people uh, when you count Uh, the sales reps out there, the specialty organizations we have, and the management team. So we feel like we have uh, the right amount of manpower out there uh, to make this work. Uh, We uh, have commenced uh, training of the uh, sales organization, and we are in the process as we speak of meeting with surgeons, uh, spending time with them in surgery, uh, working with our KOLs, and beginning to convert uh, our customers from iStent to iStent Inject. How much easier do you anticipate this this rollout being compared to well, when you first came out with your first product, and you were obviously you were you were introducing a whole new uh, a whole new approach, the whole MIGS approach. I mean, it it must be a, a lot smoother going in uh, already of having having had people who have had experience with your devices. No question about it. Uh, when we launched uh, iStent in July of 2012. Uh, we were pushing water uphill a bit. Uh, people um, weren't familiar with MIGS devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them had not done gonioscopy before, so it was quite a bit uh, more of a challenge. Now we have customers out there, surgeons out there, who uh, are familiar with MIGS surgery. Uh, they know how to do gonioscopy. Uh, so a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of training is already behind us. And now we're just bringing a device uh, to them uh, that's going to be uh, more efficient, uh, provide better efficacy, and certainly uh, is probably the most elegant mix procedure uh, out there on the market. And do you require any different uh, 
reimbursement codes or anything, or is it the same same code, same same everything? That's another positive thing, Tom. It's the exact same code, mm-hmm. 0191T, uh, which is a trabecular bypass uh, code. So they'll be doing that. And as you know, we've, we've done a excellent job of getting uh, coverage, uh, both with the MAX and with the commercial payers. Uh, so this uh, uh, will make our jobs a lot easier than uh, when we launched iStent back in 2012. So is there much of a price difference between the, uh, the two versions, the iStent and the uh, iStent Inject? Yeah, Tom, thanks. Um, there is a modest price increase uh, for iStent Inject versus iStent. And uh, the thinking um, around that is here we're, we're providing a premium product uh, that provides two uh, stents uh, to the doctor with a single injection and provides many benefits to the patient. Hi, everyone. This is Tom. Let's uh, take a quick break from this conversation with Chris to remind you that, again, OIS and AAO is happening on October 25th in Chicago. The agenda for the day, it looks terrific, and it's up on our website. Go to OIS.net to see what we'll be talking about on October 25th at OIS at AAO. Now let's get back into this conversation with Chris Calcaterra of Glaucos. So the, the rollout is happening. You've got the, the reimbursement in place, and that, that's fantastic. Uh, so now let's l- turn around and look inward again. How does this uh, approval affect your pipeline going forward? I know Glucose has your, you have your 5 and 5 program where you're going to be aggressively rolling out new uh, iterations of, or, or I should say different products, not iterations, in, in the coming years. How does uh, this approval uh, affect your uh, your pipeline going forward? Maybe we can uh, first talk about the the products you have coming in the in the near term. What what would be the next to come out of Glucos's pipeline? You know, let me first state that you know our mission at Glucos has always been aspirational. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really want to truly transform glaucoma therapy uh, for the much needed benefit of patients worldwide, and we intend to accomplish this by delivering a portfolio of microinvasive sustained pharmaceutical therapies and surgical devices capable of providing treatment options uh, at each disease stage. With that in mind, uh, we have our what we call five and five uh, strategy, where we will be introducing five different products over the course of the next five years. Isten Inject represents the first of these five distinct pipeline products. Uh, the next one will be iStent Supra, uh, which we hope to have FDA approval sometime in 2020. That would be followed by iStent Infinite, which is a three-stent product for refractory glaucoma patients, and we're hopeful that the FDA approval of that would be sometime in the 2020 or 2021 timeframe. And then, of course, IDOS, which you've uh, heard a lot about. IDOS Travaprost is a drug delivery device, and we're hopeful uh, for FDA approval sometime in late 2021 or 2022. And then finally, iStent SA, our standalone mild to moderate product, uh, which we are targeting for approval in 2023. So of those, of those devices, uh, is IDOS the one that really is, is presenting the larger market opportunity for you and 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 can you talk a bit about more about what it is and and and, uh, what opportunity it presents 
Sure. Eidos Traviprost uh, is a, um, a product uh, that has, uh, think of the device as a container where we have a uh, uber concentrate of Traviprost in there. And this will provide sustained drug delivery uh, for hopefully uh, more than a year time frame. Uh, we completed our uh, phase 2B study. We've moved into our phase 3 study. Um, and we're hopeful uh, that we will have this product approved, as I mentioned before, in late 2021 or 2022. Uh, the reason that this is uh, appealing to us and, and to the community is that it represents um, about 7x uh, the number of eyes that can be treated with this uh, because we're able to hopefully have a label uh, that will range from ocular hypertension all the way to refractory glaucoma. So to be uh, able to benefit much more patients. And you had released some uh, positive data on IDOS at uh, ASCRS, correct? It was, uh, I don't remember the particulars, but it was, uh, it was encouraging. Yeah, it was very encouraging. About half the cohort was in um, uh, at a year, and we were able to demonstrate uh, um, IOP reductions in the 30 to 32% range, which is quite compelling. And that was at a year's time, and it was about half the cohort. And what changes are you making to the uh, the clinical trial program for for IDOS? I understand you're uh, you're sort of recommitting some resources to to put an emphasis on that on that uh, program. Yeah, Tom, coming coming out of the uh, ASCRS uh, and talking with a lot of our advisors and consultants and uh, so forth, uh, we recognized uh, that this IDOS opportunity was significant. So we made a strategic decision. Uh, to uh, move that study forward with the hopes of bringing that to the market uh, sooner and bring more shareholder value uh, to our uh, shareholders. So we had planned on uh, doing one of the arms, uh, roughly 500 patients in the U.S. and another arm outside of the United States, while also doing uh, the iStent SA uh, trial here in the U.S., uh, we made a decision uh, to move everything into the U.S. and to uh, put all our resources against that and to move back uh, this ISTAN SA trial uh, once we get uh, those two arms uh, enrolled. So it was really uh, the, the market opportunity that uh, IDOS uh, presents uh, and that the encouragement of our advisors to do so, and that's exactly what we did. So what impact does that have on the uh, iSent SA uh, uh, projected date for, for submission? Yeah, that moves the iSent SA uh, potential approval out a couple years uh, to we're targeting uh, 2023. It's something we're still going to do, uh, but um, we want to get through this IDOS uh, trial first and then move uh, towards uh, the iSent SA. And you are uh, also signed a, announced a deal, I think, just just this month or, or in August, I believe, with uh, with D Western, that uh, is going to give you access to some some ROC inhibitors. Can you talk a bit about talk a bit about that arrangement and, and what opportunity does that present for Glucose? Uh, you're correct, Tom. In the second quarter earnings announcement, we announced that we had entered into a pharmaceutical development agreement with D Western uh, Technology Institute. Uh, which is a public Japanese biotechnology company 
uh, focused on the discovery and development of innovative new drugs. Uh, basically, uh, this is a research and licensing agreement uh, that we entered into. And uh, is, it, is the focus exclusively on uh, glaucoma as potential treatments, or is this an opportunity for glaucoma to, I mean, glaucoma is part of your name, obviously, but are you looking to, does this open up the door to, to other diseases that you might be able to treat with, uh, with a product like IDOS? Yeah, I would say at this point it's, it's strictly uh, focused on glaucoma drugs, mm -hmm. and, and the short term is around uh, uh, rock inhibitors. Interesting. And what's the uh, what looking beyond the uh, the five and five? Do you have uh, some earlier early stage technologies that maybe you can't speak specifically about? But what what's what are the R and D efforts looking like at, at Glucose? Uh, how how far are you planning out for uh, for even newer? Uh, newer technologies. I don't mean to suggest you don't have a whole slew of new stuff coming out. You certainly have a lot going on. Yeah, that it's, there's nothing specific that I can comment to, but as we like to say at all these investor meetings, uh, the beakers are swirling in the bowels of the organization. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things that we're uh, looking at and uh, that we find interesting, but nothing that I'm prepared to talk about at this time. Okay. Well, last question. What? Let's look into the future a bit. I mean, you've got uh, a lot going on in Glucose. As I mentioned, uh, you've got the, the, the delivery systems, you've got the, the, the MIG systems. Uh, you've got this deal for, for pharma. I know you've got some, some uh, a, bio, a biosensor element of somewhat also at the company as well, but I'm kind of curious as to where, what Glucose looks like in, in five years. You've talked about being a, a biopharma a mix of biopharma and device. What does a company, do you think, does look like in, in five years or so? Well, we really uh, fashion ourselves as a hybrid company, and we're transforming ourselves into that, where we are uh, focused on uh, uh, outflow devices mm -hmm. as well as drug delivery devices, uh, strictly focused in the area of glaucoma. Uh, I would say that that's our focus now. Could that evolve to other things? That's certainly possible. But right now, it's around being a hybrid company and being able to deliver in those two areas. And does, does including a biopharma element uh, in a device company, does that bring, how does that change the culture or, or does it change the culture at all? I like to think that. Um, you know, it's been, our, our culture is one of the things that we're most proud of here at, at Glocos. And as we've gotten bigger, uh, that's been, been um, harder to uh, keep in place. Um, but we, we make a concerted effort to keep our culture uh, in place, which uh, is a company that uh, is fast-moving, is entrepreneurial, um, and likes uh, to make a difference in the ophthalmic community. And I don't see that changing as we uh, transform ourselves from a device company to a hybrid company. Well, I, I appreciate uh, your taking the time. It's been great to watch uh, Glocos, of course, grow up uh along with OIS. So uh, we, we're very glad to have the opportunity to uh, share your story today. Hey, Tom, thanks for the time. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. And typically, we'd wrap the podcast up right there. But as I mentioned earlier, Chris was kind enough to get back on the line with me to talk about the uh, Alcon news. So let's hear again from Chris. Well, Chris, we had the uh, the recent news regarding the uh, Alcon's uh, recall of the, the Cypass, and uh, this clearly uh, Glucose has benefited at least in, on the stock market. I'm kind of curious if you can get, shed a little light on uh, on how this might impact things uh, going forward more broadly. Uh, I guess my first question would be, 
Does Glauco see any reason for concern of your own products? Is there anything that resonates with, uh, with Alcon's news that is something that you've looked at or something you know you've looked at and you've overcome? Any connection at all between uh, their issue and, and anything that, that uh, is related to iStent? So speaking of iStent and iStent Inject, um, no, we don't think this impacts our business whatsoever. Uh, this is uh, more of an anatomical uh, and a design issue, uh, we believe, uh, with that space. Um, our philosophy here has always been safety first, and we have a product or products with iStent and iStent Inject that are not only efficacious but very safe. If you look at uh, the iStent data, it's been available worldwide in some markets for over 10 years, and there's over 400,000 implants. And with iStent Inject, there's over 30,000 uh, implants. There's been no product recalls no field safety notices or product withdrawals of either iStent or iStent Inject. So uh, I believe that the FDA and certainly physicians understand uh, the differences between trabecular bypass and suprachoroidal bypass and the risks associated with each space. So do you see any broader impact uh, on the MIG space? Is this, uh, does this raise any questions about the, uh, the entire area? I think with the small uh, minority, uh, there may be some concerns, but overall, no. Um, I think physicians understand the differences uh, between the two spaces. Um, the uh, SIPAS device had really started to migrate to uh, more advanced glaucoma patients because of the safety profile associated with it. Um, I think it's well understood uh, by the community, the physician community, uh, that this is a uh, high-risk profile space and really doesn't uh, correlate with the trabecular bypass space. So do you see this? Uh, we, we, I mentioned the stock price uh, going up at, this, at the start was my first question, but, uh, and that's always nice. But do you see this impacting Glucose's business at all? Or, are you, um, or, or how do you see it impacting Glucose's business going forward? Yeah, certainly this creates a, a great opportunity uh, for Glucose. Um, I, you know, they... We'd like to think that we will capture the majority of their market share, uh, but I think it's important to point out, as I alluded to earlier, uh, that many physicians and primarily glaucoma uh, surgeons had been utilizing this product for more advanced glaucoma um, because of the safety profile associated with it. Uh, so we may not, there may not be a one-to-one -one correlation between uh, the stents that are available to us because of what they had versus what we'll be able to capture. And just final question for the physicians listening, are you communicating any, any differently with them or with other customers? Should they expect to, to hear something from Glucose uh, or have they already heard something from Glucose uh, regarding this? Yeah, they, they've certainly heard from us, but uh, what's nice about this is consistent with what we've been saying all along and what many KOLs have been saying all along. And that is that you wanna go to conventional outflow first or trabecular bypass because of the safety profile uh, and the benefit to risk ratio there. And that suprachoroidal uh, stents, uh, because of their safety pro profile, are more relegated to second line therapy. So we've been saying that consistently, so our story really hasn't changed. And uh, I think that the uh, ophthalmic community has embraced uh, that concept. Excellent. Well, great. Well, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to talk about uh, this latest news. Thank you, Tom. 
Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much for joining us on the OIS podcast. Listeners, if you wouldn't mind subscribing to the podcast, that would be a great help. Just look at the podcast on your uh, iTunes channel, or if you have another podcast platform you're listening to us on, and uh, find and push the subscribe button. It'd be great to have this content, these conversations sent directly to you. Finally, don't forget to register for OIS at AAO. It's happening on October 25th. Our discounted registration uh, fee is expiring on September 25th, so you might want to act on that quickly. And don't forget the agenda for OIS at AAO is happening, excuse me, is up on OIS.net. Go to OIS.net to check out the agenda to see what we'll be talking about, and then, of course, to register and try to do that before September 25th. Of course, don't forget OISX is happening the night before. It'd be wonderful to see you there in the celebration of innovation and of our 10th OIS at AAO. That's it, folks. Tune in next week for another great tale of innovation. And don't forget to sign up for OIS at AAO, and we will see you in Chicago.